0: Welcome to Life on Earth, The Peace Project, a podcast that teaches you how to connect with the divine and transform darkness into light through topics from yoga to nature and ultimately love. Join your host Natalie Kwa to celebrate and encourage diversity, peace and global equality one earthling at a time. Hello everyone. Welcome to Life on Earth podcast. This is Natalie Cry, your host. Wherever you are in your this planet, I would like to say happy new year to you. Many many blessings, much love, much peace for 2018. I hope that all your dreams come true. I hope that together we can raise the vibration of this planet, of beautiful planet Earth, Mother Earth, that we can be good to ourselves and that we can extend that love into our loved ones, family, friends, all beings of all species and types and our plants and our beautiful Earth. And with that, I welcome the new year and this conversation with this great honor that I've had today, quite a great honor to interview Tea Master Wuda from Global Tea Hut. If you have listened to some of my recently past episodes, I have shared how much I love the, all the teas that I have been drinking, how elevated I feel and I have felt with the love and the tea and having joined this community of Global Tea Hut and really learning so much from the teachings of uh, Wuda and also learning about teas and enjoying this high vibrational magical magical leaf that has uh, brought so much into my life and I would love for you to learn more and I'd love to share the things that are enhancing my life with you so therefore extremely happy and excited to share this episode with you. Just know that I recorded this episode on via Skype. Buddha is in Taiwan, and I am in the United States at the moment. So it was my first conversation that I did not have a person in with me as we were recording the podcast. And there's uh, certainly there might have been um, some technicality, perhaps uh, some parts that you. Don't hear perfectly. However, we will do the best we can in the editing room. And for that, I, t- I thank Joel, the person who has mainly been helping us with all the editing for Life on Earth. And hopefully it will be high quality and smooth and you will enjoy the ride. Global Tea Hut and all they do with uh, the Global Tea Hut community and their teachings in the center in, t- in Taiwan is highly inspirational and in alignment with all of the teachings of this podcast and the offerings that this podcast we've been so lucky with so many amazing guests in this period of time that life on earth has existed on this earth so i always say we first start by healing ourselves and taking care of ourselves It's quite important it is not selfish to take care of yourself because it is by taking care of ourselves that then we can then take care of the ones around us and our loved ones and our community and hence our planet. And like you and me, we all want to raise the vibration of this beautiful planet, Mother Earth. We're all here to love. We're all here to grow. We're all here to take care of our home, our planet. So this month, I received my publication of Global Tea Hut with this beautiful package, which says, through you, love is changing the world bowl by bowl. Wow, how beautiful is that? Without further ado, enjoy, Tea Master, Wuda. Just let you know a few things, background as to, so you can understand a little why I was so excited about having you. One mm. is I traveled to Malta with Srimati recently. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. So that was, that was really cool. And we uh, had an amazing time there. And I, when we were in Malta, every day we woke up with tea. And we sat in tea ceremony um, led by her. And it was just so beautiful that I completely fell in love with it. <laughs> Wonderful. With the tea. And when I got back to New Orleans, I joined Global Tea Hot, the community and the membership, which I'd love for you to, you know, eventually talk about it. But um, I've been drinking the tea every day. And I've been sitting down with three bowls as per uh, you. Per you. <laughs> mm. And uh, I have also read your book, The Way of the Tea. And I love getting the publication, uh, the magazine, every month. That teaches teaching me so much. But besides that, I have a, a yoga studio in New Orleans. I mean, it belongs to the community, and we've we've had it for five years. It's amazing. We have a beautiful teacher training. And I, I, I when I was in Malta, I told Trimati, I said, "Look, I would love to share this with my community." However, I don't feel, you know, I, I'm properly properly trained to do it because I just you know I've never went there and done a training or a course but she said Natalie you just have to start you just have to you know um, serve the tea get the tea and then serve the tea high vibrational tea and let people start experiencing And hopefully you know with this call and, and the publication will get everybody more into it but what I, what I wanted to tell you is we had our first tea ceremony about a couple weeks ago and literally everyone was so, so thankful and so in awe. And we just sat in silence with candlelights and drank tea for a really long time.
1: <laughs> Beautiful. We host here two uh, 10-day courses every month and they're free and uh, you're certainly welcome to come and take a course and uh, be trained more deeply.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, okay, so are you a Zen monk? Uh,
1: yeah, I am ordained.
0: So, um...
1: I don't how- know that monk's the right word anymore. We've, uh, you know, the world the world has changed, especially, you know, my tradition's Japanese, and uh, something my teacher used to always say is we're not lay people and we're not monks. I don't know what we are. But there's a kind of, you know, it, it, officially, anyway, I, I am ordained. But... Uh, a lot of those things especially especially in japanese traditions have have shifted in the last uh, over the last 100 years and become something um, unique and and a, and a bit apart from the majority of buddhist traditions you know but here at our center we we're living life of service so when you say no
0: ordained what does that mean and that well, might be just me with my english cuz i'm not american
1: but yeah i mean i don't know if if uh, maybe in english i I think maybe the word priest is, is, is called, I don't know that we have the right word, but um, okay. I did live in a monastery, you know, I lived in meditation centers or monasteries most of my life. And I was in a monastery in Japan for some years and uh, living extremely uh, in an extreme kind of monastic situation. Now, I live in Taiwan in the cent in our center, it's called Sage hut. And those that have been living here long term, full time, I mean, there is certainly like a, a monastic element to our lifestyle. We. We don't really have uh, personal property or space and um, our our life is, you know, morning to evening devoted to service. So, but I'm no lo- uh, you know, I'm no longer living in a way that like I wear my robes every day.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: I put them on when there's when there's a reason to put them on and the rest yeah. of the time I wear I wear ordinary clothes.
0: What is Global Tea Hot for someone who's new and what are uh, you guys trying to do? What's the community about?
1: Global Tea Hot First and foremost is obviously a magazine. It comes every month, uh, usually 60 pages, zero advertisements. So there's not, we don't uh, generate revenue through advertisements of any kind. There never has been advertisements. There never will be. It's just through and through Tea Wisdom. And uh, it's an attempt to cover tea holistically in the English language. So there's something for everyone. The magazine is not meant to be a mouthpiece for our tradition. The center, Tea Sage Hut, our center here certainly is that. Our lineage is kind of housed here, but the magazine is more for tea lovers no matter what their approach. So, you'll find articles on, you know, science of tea, you'll find scholarly I- issues. We, we translate classic texts and we actually also annotate them because, you know, even a Chinese person has difficulty reading a- ancient texts because it's it's like, you know, if we try to read Shakespeare, we need notes. So we, an- we translate and annotate, so we have scholarly articles. We have science, uh, tea processing, history, folklore, teaware, art. And then there's also tea as ceremony. Tea as an aspect of spiritual cultivation as well. And then every month the magazine also comes with tea. And all the teas are um, free of chemicals and and, and, and produced in an environmentally sustainable way because that's a big part of our mission is to support green farming in the tea world and create... More and more uh, sustainable, healthy tea that's good for the environment, good for the farmers, good for those of us that drink it. And then it comes with a small gift. And so this comes every month to your to your house. You get the magazine, the tea, and the, and the small gift. And then the whole thing is run on a like nonprofit model. So you choose your subscription amount. There is a minimum, but you can give whatever you want. And the proceeds then all are how we run this free center in Taiwan. So our center mm-hmm. in Taiwan, we have two 10-day courses every month. The center is called Tea Sage Hut, and you can find out more about it at T-SageHut.org. And uh, we do two 10-day courses every month where people come and get like immersed in, in, in tea practices in life, and they can then you know go home and start practicing. The courses are completely free, so that's a big part of what Global Tea Hut does. Is it supports all those free courses that are happening. Our courses, we have visitors, you know, around 500 visitors a year from more than 50 countries. And that's kind of the cool thing about Global Tea Hut, also the magazine. You mentioned the word community. It also very much is a community. We have an app that connects everybody together, all the members. And right now, Global Tea Hut every month is shipped to uh, 56 countries. So you're drinking tea, the same tea, with people from all over the world. And you can literally get on the app and ask them questions and talk to them and ask about where they get tea and how they brew it. You can create events and I have a brother who recently went traveling in Europe, and he went to like 17 cities over the course of two months, and he literally the entire trip he stayed only with Global TF members. He ne- he didn't stay in a single guest house or a hotel. Right. And he said it was the trip of a lifetime because T people are good people. So everybody like, you know, he said he went to like, when he got to like uh, Frankfurt or Berlin or something, they had like a, a ga- Global TF gathering of all the members that had been living there for a while. and like. Where all everyone was excited to see him, and they all you know wanted to you know show him around the city and take him to meet other tea people, and so you just had this really um, epic kind of summer backpacking trip, staying with global tea members. So there's a real uh, nice sense of community um, in global tea as well. Yeah. So that sounds it's really a great
0: fantastic. I'm actually drinking right now um, the tea of the month, the traditional Wulong. Oh, oh wonderful. So it's, yeah. it's it's just, um, that sounds really cool, the community and, you know, everybody getting together like that.
1: Yes. Our aims are kind of threefold. One is to create, like, education so people can learn about tea in English. Two is, like, to support environmentally sustainable uh, agriculture and tea that's good for the earth and good for farmers and good for us and good just good and healthy. And then number three, to promote community amongst tea lovers around the world. And so... We, you know in the first in the first part in the education we try also to you know inc- include a little bit of everything science history art uh, we want the magazine to be um, you, you know helpful and, and, and good for all tea lovers around the world And the magic is also that all the past issues of our magazine are on our website for free so even if you don't want to join and support our community or in our center or you can't afford it, The magazines are there. This isn't some kind of exclusive club. It's a gift and and a service to tea lovers. So you can go read them. Currently, they're in PDF form, but we're actually right now in the process of um, updating that and turning the whole of the uh, past issues part of our website into HTML. So people will be able to even like search through it. So it's all there on our website, globaltea.org thousands and thousands of pages of magazines because we're on like issue 73 now and there's just tons of information and it's all there for free.
0: So let's go back to your center for a moment. Your center, uh-huh. when you say following a lineage, what is the lineage of
1: yours? So we we have a tea tradition which we kind of, um, in its simplest form, you know, a lineage is, lineage in all kind of spiritual practice, right, is very important because there's human beings, are we are of course myopic, we're a little bit like, You know, we we're stuck in our own time or our own experience of time as in the like 70 or 100 years of life that we live and, uh, you know, a tradition has a longer memory. So I could go on an island and brew tea from 4 a.m. until midnight every day for 80 years and I would never figure out even 20% of what has been passed on to me because what has been passed on to me is the accumulated wisdom of many generations of, you know, Cha Jin, which Cha Jin is is a tea person. Also, I think, aside from that memory, that growing like that growing wisdom that is accumulated over time in, in traditions, I think there's also a kind of a non-verbal, kind of more spiritual power that's also transmitted in the sense that, you know, you shouldn't underestimate movements and methods that were carved long before, not, not, not only long before you started practicing them, but long before you were even born. So there's a... There's a power in something that was grooved. In, there's a power in getting into a groove that was that was carved long before you started. And I think that's a lot of the power of also of like qigong or tai chi or you mentioned yoga. Yoga is like that too. Okay. These these movements, these asanas, these were carved. These were these were honed. These were made long before not not just long before you began practicing them, but long before you were born. And they have that kind of power that has been accumulated over many, many generations of humans that are that have worn these tracks in.
0: One thing that for me it has um, very much enhanced my life since I have started my tea practice is not only that the tea in itself is for sure obviously delicious, and you can feel when I drink that it's high vibrational, and I can feel um, you know I've had some of my best meditations drinking the tea and so but not only that the tea is delicious I've also it also has become a way of meditation for me it is part of my meditation now to sit and that's something that I feel like it's so important because for example even us at my yoga shala I'm I am trying to introduce this to our community and we don't um even as yogis you know we, we do practice meditation and all of that but There's a lot of unfamiliarity and how can that tea become a part of your day-to-day basis and how can that tea become a part of your meditation, you know? And it's so, to me, it's such a beautiful thing to sit, even um, sometimes I sit in my backyard under a tree and drink a bowl of tea, you know? It's just, like, magical.
1: Yeah, that's, you know, there's a real beautiful power in it, you know? And the language that that I use a lot is is that the tea is is a lot about restoring our connection to ourselves and to nature, and, uh, it's about, it's about, we have all in us, you know, we have, we were, we're born with, with the ability to communicate non-verbally before we even communicate verbally, we communicate non-verbally as babies. And as time goes forward, as we, as we live more and more in mind-made systems and artificial cities that, where we dress ourselves in artificial synthetic clothing and processed food that we're not connected to the growing of the food, the farming or making of the food. And as our life, you know, becomes more conceptual and verbal and our minds and the way that we think becomes more conceptual and verbal, it's like a language that we were fluent in, but we don't speak it. We don't practice, you know, like I, I grew up kind of fluent in Spanish and, and now in the last 20 years, I only speak Chinese and Japanese and the Spanish is in there. It's it's, it's in there because I grew up with it. But since I haven't practiced in so many decades, it's kind of like, it's a little distant, it's a little far from me. And I feel like we've all, you know, lost a little bit of that uh, ability to communicate non-verbally. And in, in the sense of like, you know, communicating, first of all, with our own body, which is speaking to us so much. This body is such an instrument of, of power, it is, depending how you want to, um, depending how you want to carve it up intellectually. The atoms in in our bodies are billions of years old. So technically, these bodies were billions of years in the forming. Or even in terms of organic evolution, hundreds of millions of years of, of adaptation has gone into the creation of this body, and it's incredibly um, wise. It's incredibly powerful. You know, as we sit and talk here in this language, our bodies are both doing millions of things. They're regulating the kidneys and liver and heart and, and hormones and. There's a real deep and powerful wisdom in listening to that. And then from that through that instrument, through that instrument there's a power in listening to nature and hearing nature because no matter what lineage you're a part of, there are no teachings in any language that compare to the teachings of the mountains that have been teaching for millions of years. And there are no there're no chants, you know, even the almighty heart sutra doesn't compare to the chant of light of those stars that have been chanting for billions of years. Some of the light that we see in the night sky is billions of years old. And all of that language, all of that wisdom is incredibly profound and deep. And we've lost a little bit of our connection to that. It's still there in us. But like, you know, recently I was in the birthplace of T, which is southwest China in Yunnan. And I was with this aboriginal guide and he was only like 18 years old. And he turned to me on one of the hikes, and he said, uh, he started a conversation. He said, the rains are gonna come late this year. And I said, how do you know? And he said, well, last night I was on my roof and I was looking at the moon. And today, as we walk in the forest, I'm hearing the sound of the cicada, because the cicada's life cycle is very short. So by the sound of the cicada, he knew what stage they were in their life cycle. And then he was, he was corresponding that to where the moon was. And through that correlation, he knew the, what, when it was going to rain, when the rains were going to begin, and I could see how a part of me, even as a modern person, a part of you, we hear something like that and we're like, we kind of feel like, wow, that's that's almost supernatural. Yeah. But you know, all our ancestors did that. They all like knew the names of the stars. They knew they knew the names of all the plants, and not just their names. It's nowadays we do we do learn names, right? One of my favorite little stories is there's a botanist that goes down to South America, and he's with He's with his Aboriginal guide, and the Aboriginal guide uh, starts naming all the plants that they're passing. He names this is this, this is that. He starts naming all the trees and plants that they're passing. After about an hour about of that, the botanist turns to the Aboriginal boy and says, "You know, wow, you know a lot about plants. You've named every plant we've passed for the last hour." And the boy kind of looks down at his feet and uh, ashamed and says, "No, I don't really know anything about plants. I mean." I know their names, but I haven't yet learned their songs. I think that story like just highlights a little bit of what I'm saying, which is, you know, tea helps to restore our, uh, nonverbal communication, our ability to, uh, to listen and hear and learn from the world around us because everything we know spiritually or scientifically, even we learned it from the world in which we live. We learned it from nature, from watching and observing and, and, and experimenting. And, uh, you know, when I was young, I was I would sometimes go to places, and it was like I was it was like me as a separate being. I would go to that place and walk around in that place and then leave. And now, the more I cultivate myself, the more I open myself through tea, the more I'm able to you know go to a place and sometimes it's even overwhelming because of the messages that are there. How much you can hear and receive and and take in, and this is really you know a lot of what it's about. There's a real magic. When something created by nature fits our, our five or six senses, in, in Eastern thought there's six senses because we include the mind, but let's say five senses. When, when something created by nature fits our five senses so perfectly that everything just aligns, you see that is a kind of communication.
0: It's an integration. I mean, there's not that many things that, you know, that can actually bring us to that form of integration completely.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, what allows you and I to have this this podcast and communicate is that we both have similar like psychosomatic constitutions. We have similar bodies and brains and we both speak the English language so I can speak and you can hear and understand and, and vice versa. And so... What about when something in nature, which is not human, you know, has a way of like completely fitting into our senses perfectly and bringing us bliss and transcendence. It's like that is the perfect example of nature communicating to us. Right. Mm-hmm. So my kind of catchphrases that I teach is, is that, you know, nature is always speaking to us and he helps us to understand what she's saying.
0: I love that because, I I mean, I I am experiencing exactly that. And there are days that I've literally had some of the best meditations in my life while drinking tea and sitting with this tree in my backyard that I feel I'm communicating with, which is, I I know it could potentially sound crazy, but it's (laughs) so awesome, you know?
1: Yeah, that's right. Life-changing.
0: Yeah, life change. I love you. I've heard you talk about how some of these trees uh, that these leaves come from, and let's just, just in case, because there are people who don't know, these. this is not your tea that you get in the groceries over here. These teas that you outsourced and that, um, that I get from, I mean, I outsource what I get from Global Tea Hut, they are... I mean, I see them as extremely high vibration. I know they are organic. You have a relationship with the farmers. And can you tell me a little bit about some of these trees, like, um, that are, some of them are hundreds of years old and the roots, right? there. I've heard you talk about the roots, how deep they go and how you get the nutrient from uh, earth and how powerful that is.
1: Yeah, that, that you know, that's a important point. Um, I think first of all, especially for Western um, people who are beginning to enter into this kind of uh, practice, one important distinction to make is that in the West, we often refer to tea as any kind of plant in hot water. So, you know, we talk about chamomile tea and rose tea and citrus tea. So whenever we put plants in hot water, we call that tea. Mm -hmm. I'd Mm -hmm. like to to make this distinction for the purpose of, of these teachings and say that the tea that we're talking about is a group of species that are all within the camellia genius. So these are camellia plants. And anything else that you put in tea, we're gonna call a tisane, which is a French word, which is, that's exactly what it means. It means like flower teas or, or chamomile or rooibos or any other plant in hot water. Let's, for the sake of this conversation, and if you really wanna continue in this practice, it's important to make that point that um, those are called tisanes or herbal tea if you want. And what we're talking about here is one particular kind of plant. Uh, there's actually several species of camellia that are used to make tea. The one that's used the most is Camellia sinensis. That's the most predominant one. But there are there actually, it's a cluster of camellia species. And uh, so we're talking about that particular that particular tree. We're not talking about any plant in hot water when we say tea. We mean that particular plant. And as far as that plant goes, its journey is very analogous to everything I just said, and also, you know, applies to most agricultural products. Which is that um, what I just said is, you know, as we humans move more and more into conceptual systems, systems based on language, ways of living, and cities that are designed by human minds and and human, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think that. Uh, all of our developments and, and civilization and, and technology and all that is mutually exclusive with our nonverbal like you know roots in, in, in what we want to say like nature speaking being connected to nature, I think we can have both. but our agriculture has suffered from the same issues you know we've taken the plants out of their environments, so we grow them in monoculture we, we, we cut down a forest and we make it into a field and we grow all corn or all tea. And, and then, you know, the thing is, tea leaves don't come out of nothing. They don't arise out of through some, they don't arise ex nihilo. They don't arise through some extra dimensional portal. A leaf <laughs> is the, the product of its environment. So the tree takes in the minerals and water from the ground and it, and it uh, takes in the air and the weather. And that's kind of the magic of tea is that you're drinking the sun. You're, you know, the water in your cup of tea was literally in a cloud less than two weeks ago. So you're drinking the clouds. And of course, those plants are photosynthesizing, right? So you're drinking sun energy and you're drinking the minerals from the earth through the roots and the water. And so the tea leaves are very much the relationship of, they are the expression, we could say, of the the tea tree's relationship to its environment. And so whatever that relationship is to the environment will create the tea leaf. We call that, there's a French word that works really well. Uh, for tea also they use it for wine but we use it for tea also it's called terroir terroir means like you know weather all of the things that make wine what it is and we um, we use that for tea too because it's perfect so different locations different mountains different soil content different weather produces very different tea and so the best teas are teas that are grown naturally we call them living tea It means tea that comes from a forest and the trees are allowed to grow up. It's not a plantation where you're planting rows of tea trees to increase yield and industry and and money, but actual like biodiverse forests. Some of the best teas, you know, if you and I went hiking, we would hike for a couple hours and we'd come to the tea garden and I would say, there's the tea garden. And you would say, where? Because it looks the same as the previous stretches of jungle that we've been hiking through up until that point. So they're biodiverse and rich and, and they do, you know, tea does have a very complicated root structure, which actually many plants do it's, but you know, the tea roots can grow very deep and very vast and ancient tea trees, which can actually live thousands of years. The oldest tea tree that we found is 3,500 years old. Um, and it's around six people around. So, and with roots, root systems that are incredibly vast. If you actually, you know, old trees like that, if you cut all the roots, including all the little branch roots, and you like dried them in the sun and set them next to each other, it's thousands of kilometers. It's enough to go around the Earth.
0: Wow, that's so. That, can you imagine? I mean, the, the way I look at it is these roots. I mean, we know we now know that trees communicate among each other.
1: They, Absolutely, they
0: assist each other when a tree is sick and another one is not. They assist each other with nurse I mean, that is true nourishment for your soul, for your body, mind, spirit. I, I mean, I feel my vibration elevates when I'm drinking this tea. No wonder.
1: Yeah, I mean, they communicate to us as well. That's the magic. Is like, what do you even say? What do you say? That I mean, you can't. You there's nothing you can do but feel a sense of awe. What do you say when nature produces something? that fits our senses so perfectly. I mean, there's a lot of, there's, there's some other examples of that, there's, you know, wine might be another one. I mean, you know, even if you if you want to, you could think about the way that you and I both got here and, you know, when, a, when two human beings make love, there's also like our senses transcend, we go into a state of bliss and it's, and it's there's real magic in the way, in, in the fact that that's how human beings are conceived. In a way that is is so sensually magnificent, and I think tea, that there's a real power in in tea in that, and that the you know nature has created something for our senses. And uh, there's some you know insights that are a little bit deeper. If you want to dig deeper into this, mm-hmm. there's deeper insights, which are that you know if you combine a few factors of 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 plants and plant consciousness, that make this really powerful. Which is number one. Plants, their consciousness is not located anywhere in their body. So, human beings, our consciousness is primarily located up and down the spine. And, you know, so you can live without your limbs, but if your spine's impaired, you, you either die or you can't live at all, or you live very impaired. So, our consciousness is, is located, you know, mostly around the spine. Whereas a, a plant, their consciousness is in every cell equally. So, In other words the leaves know what the roots know and the leaves know what the trunk knows and the roots know what the leaves know so they they, there's their consciousness is in their whole being um that's number one number two you were talking about how we've discovered scientifically that trees are communicating to each other and that communication happens through chemicals and those chemical communications those chemical signals are in the leaves as well so that, the insight of that is that separating the leaf from the tree doesn't like separate the wisdom of the roots from that leaf. When you separate the leaf from the tree, it contains the entire uh, spectrum of information that that plant, um, for lack of a better word, or, or knew or held. And so the leaf contains the entirety of the tree within it, even though you've plucked it off.
0: That's so wild for me. I mean, wow.
1: Yeah. And the second insight, then, that gets even deeper. This is even further out there, is that the plants plants are born with the memory of all their ancestors. So they're a bit like, if you're if you're a science fiction fan, um, they're a bit like the Bene Gesserit in the Dune books. There, this the, it, it, you have to imagine what it would be like if you were born with the memories of all your ancestors. Yeah. A plant is a, a, in a very. And why is that the case? That's the case because. The, the like the seeding and grow the seed is is an extension of uh, very much of the body of the mother tree that it comes from, and so plants, you know, any plant has within it memory of its species going back thousands of years. So there's thousands of years of wisdom even in a young tea tree, um, and 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 so when you are when you are learning to communicate with this with this plant. You're, which is nonverbal again we've proved scientifically that trees communicate with each other chemically and so you know of course they communicate with other species too they have to plants the reproduction of a uh, cycle of plants involves all kinds of other species that's why we call it the birds and the bees because bees you know cross pollinate tr- tr- uh, plants so that's why plants flower is to attract uh, that's why they fruit and flower is to attract other species to them because they need those other species in a symbiotic relationship in order to in order to progenate their genes. They need they need that. They need the other species. And so in a very real way, it might sound funny, but in a very real way, these tea leaves were were designed for human beings because nowadays the the number one way that tea propagates itself is through human beings. We propagate it. And so it gives something to us, and in exchange, we propagate it, and its genes continue, and it goes on. And that kind of symbiotic relationship between species is all over nature. It's in your body. Right now, as you sit there, this might sound trippy, but it's actually true. By number, 90% of the cells in your body are not are non-human DNA. So 90% of the cells in your body, are, by number, are not you. They are little bacteria and microbes, like you're full of them, trillions of them. And you need them to survive. They are what help you digest food and turn that food into energy so that you can live. So you are actually a colony of beings. Already right now, you are a colony of beings. And those beings do affect your consciousness. They've actually proven recently that we have more nerves in our gut, in our stomach, than we do in our brain. So a huge part of how we feel and see the world has to do with what we're eating and how it's digesting. And so these microorganisms that are in us, which we're just beginning to understand, they are symbiotic with us. And so in a very real way, we you know those of us practicing tea especially, we're symbiotic with tea. And that symbiosis is more than physical, it's spiritual as well. And the messages that tea has to communicate are deeper and older than language they're older than our cultures and our mind-made concepts and they're they're powerful and they help us to feel connected there's an old Chinese saying which is that tea brings nature to society so tea brings nature it brings the mountain it brings the weather it brings the wind it brings the Sun and it literally translates those things into chemicals that your body can receive and understand and if you're listening then you hear your own place in all of that you hear your your own connection to all of that because the important thing to remember is that we have not lost our connection to nature we are nature nowadays we talk like i need to we say things like i need, I need to go to get go out to nature yeah I
0: need,
1: I need i need to go to nature but that's absurd you don't need to go to nature you are nature nature is inside of you you are the earth you are the wind you are the sun you are the your atoms You know we're literally born in a star billions of years ago and you eat the sun every day plants photosynthesize sunlight and turn it to energy that you consume it's what motivates your body you are you know and so we don't that separation is mind made and what we've lost is not the connection to nature we haven't lost that what we've lost is the feeling of connection to nature they aren't the same thing the connection is there it's there all the time
0: because that's why when we go take a walk in nature we feel automatically
1: better that's right one of the greatest honors of my life was uh, i got to serve tea to, to some hopi elders at some point you know I'm, i myself am native american also so that really meant something and and when i was there in hopi land, i met one of the one of the most powerful and beautiful humans i've ever met in my life one of the most enlightened beings this was this man was you know really evolved he didn't speak much but on one walk we were going for a walk him and i and uh, He kind of pointed off in the distance, and he said, those people. And he didn't say it in a rude way. I realized later he was being polite. He was talking to me. He meant me. He meant you. He meant all modern people. He wasn't, he was just in a polite way. He didn't want to say you. So he said those people, you know, and he kind of pointed off in the distance. But he meant all of us. He was talking about all of us. And he said, those people, they, you know, they flip a switch and the lights come on. They turn a tap and the water comes out. And as a result of that, they've stopped depending on God. And as a result of that, they no longer hear the spirit. Mm. And I, and I really, that really shook me up. It has shaken me so deeply because also we were talking earlier about transmission, about the difference between yeah. watching something on YouTube or listening to this podcast, which is great. It's let's great. get the, yeah, let's get the information out there. Yeah. But part of the power of what knocked me out of my shoes was standing there under this huge, vast sky with this beautiful being and his and his cultivation and power, and it really. What, what struck me about it, what I realized so deeply is, is what he was saying is just so true, that as our lifestyles have disconnected us from basic things like gathering our own water. You know, a brother of mine in LA, he made this beautiful video, uh, short video where he it's New York City it's modern time the kids like on the apple notebook and then the mom says let's go and the two of them grab this like water bottle and they walk down and they join this line of other people coming out of their houses and they go down to the river and they gather this really brown dirty water and they bring it back home and put it on the kitchen counter and then the video ends and it says something like you know half a third of the world's population doesn't have access to clean drinking water wow so it's, try, it's trying to like bring that back to us because yeah. What he was saying is like, you flip a switch, the lights come on, you turn a tap, the water comes out. As we live more in these mind-made systems, human-made systems, and disconnect ourselves from the growing of food, from the gathering of water, from the basics of human life, we stop depending on God, and as a result, we stop hearing the Spirit. And it's true. You go to the average person on the street and say, Spirit, and they look at you funny. They're like, what are you talking about? Or you're, you know, get out of here, hippie. Or, you know... Like, like that's not – it's it's almost like the analogy I like to use is it's like the light bulb is there. That's our bodies. These bodies that were crafted by the divine that come out of – that were literally the atoms of these bodies were born in a star billions of years ago. It's unbelievable. And that's scientific fact. And so you take this this beautiful body, which is the light bulb, and then the electricity is there. The electricity is the spirit. The spirit is there, it's in everything. It's flowing through all things. God is is in, in all things, spirit is there in everything. And so there's electricity and there's a light bulb, but it's like that little filament between the two wires is, is, is busted and jangling around. So there's no light because that we just need to like, we need to put that, we've broken that. We're a little bit broken. And when you're broken, what do you do? What do you do when you're broken? What do you need when you're broken? You need medicine. When you're When you're unwell, you need medicine. You need to take medicine, and that medicine can come in the form of yoga. I mean, literally, the word yoga in Sanskrit. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I studied Sanskrit in university. Actually, I majored in Eastern philosophy and, and Sanskrit. And the word yoga means to yoke. It, it's the, it, you know, an ox has no shoulder blades, so an ox doesn't have shoulder blades, so you can't you can't harness a an ox you, to pull like a plow. So you need to you need like this this yoke that you put on its shoulders so that it can so that it can pull the plow and you can plow the field. And the word yoga is derived, its roots are in that, that yoke that you put on a cow. And the literal meaning of yoga is to yoke yourself to God, to connect to spirit, to connect to God. That's the purpose of it. That's what yes. it's to do, it, is to yoke yourself, like tether yourself to to God. And so the, the the all these practices are medicines for, you know, tea as well, it's a medicine. Some medicine for putting that little that little filament back in the light bulb, so that the electricity is there, the bulb is there, the bulb is your body, and the electricity is spirit. And putting that, we need some medicine because we broke that little filament that goes between the two wires in the bulb, and we need to put that back so the light comes back on. And
0: when and we, when we those, do that, I feel that we come back to the purest essence of who we are, which is truth and love.
1: Truth and love. I mean, yeah, that we come back to who we really are. You're right. And that's, you know, that's the point is all ceremony of any kind, tea ceremony, any kind of ceremony. Ceremonies are, the purpose of a ceremony is to remember to remember. And sometimes we have to remember things that we don't even know we've forgotten. And one of the very important things we need to remember is who we are and who we really are. You know, and we also need to remember that we are nature. We need to remember that, you know, that we are the earth. That our bodies are 50 to 70 percent water that every time you turn to your beloved or your child or your dog or whomever you love and say to them i love you you're also saying i love you water because half their body is water yes. and so what we, what we do to the water we do to ourselves what we do to the plants we do to ourselves so we need to remember that we are nature we need to remember what you just said so beautifully we need to i need to remember that that i need to remember deep down that i love you and, and I, and, and that you love, that you love me yes. and that we love each other. And, and those are things that I, I want to remember too, that, that in my heart, in my deep down part of my heart, not only do I love you, but I am you that, that namaste place, that place where when I'm resting, in mine and you're resting in yours, we're one. So tea reminds me that, that I am nature. It reminds me that I am pure consciousness manifest. It reminds me that I am love for myself. And for for others, and that that love is deeper than just one being loving another. It, it's a love. Of, it's a oneness. It's a it's a love. It's a self love. It's a love. It's a place in me deep down where where I am you, and so your happiness is my happiness, exactly. and, and my happiness is your happiness, and and, and so
0: and tea you know reminds me to vibrate and to function from the, my most authentic self which then I yep. come into a place of peace and equanimity, which yep. is, I don't know, just when I start my days this way, I feel it just sets a tone for the whole day and the whole, everything changes. You know, it's something yeah. so simple, mm. but, but it's just but, so amazing.
1: Yeah, usually the truth the best truths are the most simple ones.
0: Yeah. I have a question, though, for you, because if someone... I have many of my students here and yogi friends too that are just not quite familiar and you know I am also I'm just trying to share and so I'm going to ask you some very basic questions for someone who let's say okay we um, we subscribe we get our tea or you can go online and get from uh, Global Tea Hut. I also love uh, Living Tea with Colin that I've been getting some tea and you get you know these high vibrational tea and then when you come into the brewing or aspect of it, um, somewhere I heard that there might be—is it five that you the, the top or there's many ways. I like can
1: well there are, why, there are there
0: okay. Are. First question: Why? Because I've been getting a lot of que- this question: Why the bowl? Why a bowl? So I sit with my bowl and I feel the warmth of my bowl. I uh. but I don't know how to explain. Uh, coming from you, why uh. why the bowl? And can you tell us a couple of you know, more simple forms, so we can um, learn yes. how to brew this.
1: <laughs> so yeah, our tradition has five brewing methods. There are hundreds of brewing methods in the world. There are many, many tea traditions. So our tradition, we practice five. So the methods of brewing. If you want to talk about me- brewing method, brewing method is a big part of our lineage. And I can't speak about the brewing methods of other traditions I, because I, I haven't studied them, and I'm 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 in this lineage, so I can yeah. speak from. I'm empowered to teach, uh, I mean, I, you know, I, I have transmission from my teacher and so I am empowered to teach uh, these, you know, specific brewing methods that are, that are our lineage, our way. That's, you know, earlier we talked about a tea tradition, that's a big part of what a tea tradition is. It's method. Method is what separates one of the big things. That you, I mean, we have that nonverbal kind of transmission that we talked about earlier. And that, that nonverbal transmission we can't talk about because it's nonverbal. But the part that we can talk about, a lot of what separates your yoga tradition from other yoga tradition is method, Mm -hmm.
0: specific
1: specific methods. And so our our tradition has uh, very specific methods. And uh, so I can share that with you a little bit. So that, in essence, answers your question, why the bowl? I mean, I have some practical reasons why I prefer a a bowl. But we also, one of our brewing methods uses cups. So, Mm -hmm. um, So it's not really about why the bowl, but the answer... If I got into all the practical reasons of why the bowl, it might we might be here too long. But yeah, the, the, the simplest answer of why the bowl is because that's what our tradition does. That's the, our method, right? So,
0: but um, one thing I loved when I was in Malta and Srimati, uh, one of the things she taught us when we were sitting in meditation with the tea in, in silence was to feel the warmth of um, the water, you know, Contemplate that and then just feel it how it goes through your throat. And if you can connect with all of the sensations and the different tastes from the, di- I, I don't know, to me that makes it a part of it's just its beauty, you
1: yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a power in, in the, in, if the bowl, especially if it's a tea bowl and it's made well, that the way that it fits into your hands, and there's a power in using two hands as opposed to one. When we use two hands, we we center ourselves. This is you know why we meet and greet each other with our hands together. That's why we pray that way. That's why all beings everywhere on this earth, no matter what tradition they're in, they pray that way. They put their hands together, putting the two hands together around the bowl in the way. Especially if you're holding the bowl properly, which you know requires some training. But when you're holding the bowl really properly, um, it, you know it, it, it's it's. But again, to start out with. I, you know, there's not a need to focus on that. It's it's a bit like it's a bit like yoga. When you first go to your first yoga class, the teacher's happy if you can get in something that even resembles the asana.
0: Yes, for sure.
1: And then as time as time goes on, we perfect that and we get it closer to what it really, really should be. Mm-hmm. So in the beginning, like don't worry about holding the bowl properly, just drink your tea. Eventually eventually as you know, as you train, we can get that down to exactly how it should be. And certainly there is a difference. But the point is like for a beginner, even if they could get into, you know, even if they are a little bit more limber and they can do the asana pretty well, they won't be sensitive enough to know, you know, what those little micro adjustments are actually doing.
0: Exactly. You just gotta right, so, kind of just do it first. Just start practicing. Right. Just do it, and then yeah, then, that's know, right. Over There's... time, things will develop and grow. Yeah, so a
1: path is a path is always from the gross to the subtle. And so to start out with, I think the homework that we always give, the really easy way to go about this is to get a bowl and put a few leaves in the bowl and, and add water and keep, really keep it that simple. No pots, no need for anything, no teaware, no get. You know, methods, not important in the beginning. In the beginning is to get a feel for this practice, for get a feel for listening to this plant and what it does to your body and to your senses and to your spirit. And um, so... You know, if and then join Global Tea at every every issue you comes with tea, and the first article of every magazine is about the tea of the month and it includes brewing tips, it includes you know where the tea came from, etc. But start out real simple. My homework always is like before you do anything else in the day, um, drink three bowls of tea at least. If you want to drink twenty-seven, that's fine, but start with three. Um, and uh, and there's only one rule in the beginning. In the beginning, I would suggest that that the listeners and beginners out there forget about all the parameters. Don't worry about how to hold the bowl. Don't worry about, you know, you know, look, if you put too much leaves in the and the tea's a little bit too strong, put less next time. If it's too weak and you like it a little stronger, put more next time. But keep it just super simple. Put some leaves in a bowl and add water. Really no method, no no, you know, just that there's only one rule there's really only one rule that I think a beginner should okay, care about. What is that? And that rule is, and try this for a week. And at the end of the week, you can, you can evaluate your own life and decide if this is a practice you want to continue and it brings benefit and changes your day or not. But I would give this a try every day for a week, drink three bowls at least. Again, you want to drink 50, that's fine, but at least three bowls every morning before you go about your day. And, uh, The only rule, so it's not how to hold the bowl, it's not how many leaves, it's none of the practical stuff. Set all that down. Only one rule, and that rule is while you drink those three bowls, you do nothing else. No phone, no music, no talking, no, just three bowls of tea. Nothing else. No multitasking, no, you know, just, just the three bowls of tea and nothing else. That's the only rule. I love
0: that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I really love that.
1: And then, and then I promise all of the, like, practical wisdom. Look, we have tons of videos too. Yeah, so yeah. I it, know. You, like, all,
0: you all have a lot of resources that we can get into. And,
1: yeah, yeah, tons of information, and that will all come. That will all uh, find its way to you, and you'll get better, and you'll get yeah. more skill. Of the course, skills I
0: started uh, falling in love with the whole thing, and I got a, a beautiful side <laughs> handle. and <laughs> I love watching the leaves open. You know, when i it's just, it's like so beautiful.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And, and so like, you know, as you found all that will come to you, all that will, all that will, all that will, you know, it will find its way. It, 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 it need to, um,
0: can you uh, tell us a little bit about tea as a form of meditation?
1: Certainly. I mean, tea has, has four, uh, you know, the first humans to domesticate tea were Zen monks, and and it has, there's a saying in Chinese, which is cha chan yi wei. It's actually the name of one of my books. It means tea and Zen one flavor. So tea is, you know, the the, the fact of the matter is, look, I've been teaching meditation as long as I've been teaching tea, which is, you know, I've been practicing for 30 years and teaching for, you know, 15, 20. And if, 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 if a interviewer like yourself, if you asked me right now, Buddha, um, you know, you've been teaching meditation so many years. Could you describe the meditative mind in as few words as possible? Just like real simply, as few words as possible. That was actually,
0: that was actually going to be one of my questions, so
1: thank you. Oh, so what is the meditative mind in as few words as possible, and as simple as possible? My answer would be the meditative mind is calm and awake. Mm-hmm. Calm and awake. That is, the, that is as close as we can get in as few words as possible. Mm-hmm. Calm and awake. And so, uh, you know, and how does tea make you feel? Calm.
0: <laughs> it makes me feel calm and peaceful awake. and awake.
1: Yeah, and so th- th- there is a very real, you know, tea has always been one of the five essential mindfulness practices in Buddhism, um, it, because it it's meditation in motion, and so that's what makes it a really powerful tool in the arsenal of a of a someone who's practicing self cultivation is that there's you know it, it shares this in common with yoga as well yeah in that you know there's it's meditation in motion and that's powerful when it's especially when it's combined also with seated meditation when you make you know when you when you combine seated meditation with with devotion in motion then you get you know this two start to to work in, in tandem together so the idea is to be very present mindful and 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 peaceful and calm and the beauty is that you prepare the tea, you know, with this kind of calm, attentive, focused, mindful energy, but then the nature of the tea leaf itself is thus. So each bowl you drink kind of amplifies like a microphone that feeling. So it like, you know, as you, you start to calm down and listen to the kettle and, and be mindful, and as you said, feel the warmth of the bowl and start to like really become present, And then you drink the tea and literally the the medicine of the tea starts to amplify those feelings because that's what it does. It makes you calm and awake. It calms you down and wakes you up at the same time. And so it starts to amplify that meditative energy. And then the next bowl that you brew is even more calm and peaceful. And then you drink it and like, you know, slowly this like spirals and starts, you start to become very present and very focused. And then you start to remember. Because, you know, my teacher used to always say when he was teaching meditation, Zazen, which is Zazen is the Japanese word for seated seated meditation. So when we teach Zazen, you know, he would often say that, that our minds are like glasses full of muddy water. And how do you clarify muddy water? It's very simple. You leave it still. And as soon as it starts to become still, it starts to separate from the water starts to separate from that which it's not. It, the, the mud starts to go to the bottom and the water starts to purify and become clear. And so when you, when you make something st- when you make the water still, it starts to separate from that, which it's not. And when I sit for meditation or sit for tea ceremony, slowly bowl by bowl, I start to separate from that, which I'm not. And, and, you know, sometimes at the end of like an hour meditation, my teacher would, you know, he's, he was a Zen master. So he would drop these like Zen bombs and, and then walk away. And one of the, bombs that he would sometimes drop. After an hour, you've just sat for an hour in meditation, your eyes closed, you're very focused on your breath or whatever. And at the end of the meditation hour, he would say um, something like, you know, everything that went away during that hour is not real. And all that was left is what's really real. Wow. So that's kind of what happens when we sit in tea ceremony too, is that the tea starts to wash away that which we're not. And it starts to you could think of it in terms of like, since it's liquid, we could think of it in terms of like a current. It's like a, a river, a stream, a, a current that is that is moving towards our heart. And if you surrender to that current, she, the T, she carries you inward, she carries you to yourself. And in that journey, you shed and let go of all the things that are not important. And you start to remember the things that are important, which we spoke of earlier, which is that I am awake and I'm alive. And soon I won't be. And this life is very precious. And that I am a part of nature. And that, you know, what nature is, I am. And and you know, that nature is not stuff. It's not resources. We have to transcend this uh, modern ideas of land as resources, land as chemistry, land as stuff. Because if the plants are stuff, then so am I. And if I'm conscious and awake and divine and valuable, then so is the land. And we need to return to land as spirit and land as, what about land as home, you know? And we need to, so, you know, I'm reminded of those things. And then I'm also reminded, most importantly, that I love you and that you love me and that we're all in this together and that even the darkest forces need love and, and that we're, you know, we need to, as cheesy as it sounds, we need to keep quoting Gandhi. We need to be the change that we want to see another of the of my favorite things from the i told you one of the honors of serving the hopi uh, elders tea you know one of the most powerful things that the hopi say that echoes you know in all that i do um is they they have a saying in, in hopi which is we are the ones we've been waiting for so it's, we are the change it's so true yeah it's
0: so true and also when we are
1: um you
0: know sitting with our tea and as you mentioned, we're mostly water, and brewing our tea with our heart—you know, really putting our heart into that present moment—I
1: think it's it,
0: it could be one of the most essential things as well. Wow! So, what is a day like in your 10-day training? One day, for example.
1: Uh, the 10-day courses are beautiful. You um, so you meditate morning and evening. Um, there's so there's morning and evening, and there's meditation instructions. Um, So you meditate morning and evening seated meditation and then we have after morning meditation We have silent breakfast. The food here is absolutely amazing. You'll be blown away Um, Really high vibration food all local uh, all organic uh, Mostly all local. I'd say like 90 some percent local and all organic uh, really healthy good food Uh, So silent breakfast then usually we go to have tea ceremony and then tea class um, then lunch then there's a rest period. Um, then there's a, a hour and a half service period every day, so you get to get back and do some karma yoga. And then there's practice every afternoon, so you have to practice what you learned in the morning. You have to do it with your hands, so you practice the what you've learned. And then evening meditation, and then and then on to, to sleep. But then there's a lot of like special days. There's a um, we have a farm. So Friday mornings, we call farm farming Fridays. So instead of the afternoon service period, the service period is in the morning on Fridays and you go over to the farm and do some farming, you um, you go to the mountain to fetch water. So you have a whole day about water and its relationship to tea. And you go, actually, we, we do the entire hike in silence. So you drive there in silence, you go up the mountain in silence, you bring the water down in silence, you drive back in silence, the whole trip's in silence to gather water for tea. And we, then you spend the day doing water experiments and learning about water. Um, there's a day devoted to fire, so learning about charcoal and how it's made and, and using charcoal versus electric heat versus gas and all that stuff. And then there's, of course, a day where you go to a tea farm. So you go to a tea farm and process your own tea and see how tea is made and processed and uh, get a chance to see the trees and touch them. So the idea is is to give you a really immersive experience in a life of tea. Uh, there's lessons all throughout the 10 days. They're very, very full, but there's also uh, there's every day there's a period of like Quiet rest for like you know we give every we give all the guests that come reading material so you can read and and a journal or just take a rest or go for a walk. There's that is part of every day and then one day of the week, one of the days of the week also there's a huge like five to eight hour period that's all silent. That is also for um, like digesting and journaling and reading and going for a walk and like taking in what you what you've learned so far. I think that's like day eight that you, you get that like five or eight hour period where you get to like really start to digest what you've learned and, and decide what you want to take home and all that. Um,
0: it sounds so,
1: amazing. Yeah. So the idea is you learn about water, you learn about fire, you're going to learn two or three brewing methods. You're going to learn, you're going to meditate, eat really healthy yeah. cleansing food, you know, and go to the mountains to the tea farm and to get water and just, just all, and learn in 10 days. Our, our goal is there's an old, I've adapted an old Chinese saying, the, the i've adapted it to to be uh, if you if you give a man a pear you change his day and if you teach him to to knock pears from the tree then you change his life the real saying is about fish but uh but I don't eat fish so uh, it's about <laughs> adapted it to pears so our goal in our courses is very much to teach people to knock pears from the tree our goal is to teach you to be so that right when you leave those 10 days and you go back home you can start a tea practice in your life for your own benefit and for the benefit of your uh your family and, and friends as well and
0: community and, and,
1: yeah yeah so how does well. one apply um so the there, we have two websites, right? One is for Global Tea Hut, which is the magazine that comes to you, comes to your house, and comes with yeah. tea, in, and that's globalteahut.org or .com. Both of them go to the same place. And then the center is called Sage Hut. So T-E-A-S-A-G-E-H-U-T, teasagehut.org, and you can go there and you can look at the courses and apply for a course. If there's a course that's full and it's the time that you want to come, I would get on the waiting list because sometimes there are cancellations and you can, you can do that. But our courses are pretty full, so you will want to apply early. Which brings me to another point, which is that our center is beautiful. It's wonderful, but um, it is very, very, very overfull. We are we put up the course schedule six months at a time, and sometimes they all get booked, you know, really quick. So, anyway, our long-term goal within the next five years is to build a really big permanent center, which we're going to call Light Beats Life, and Dad Light Beats Life. Yeah, in Taiwan, Light Meets Life will be the, it will be modeled exactly on our center right now. Same thing, just bigger. So same thing, three courses every month, but just on a bigger scale. The new center, we hope to be able to have up to 15 permanent residents and up to 30 or 40 guests in any course. So it'll be a lot bigger than where we're at right now. And um, Light Meets Life, the other difference, the other main difference, which is beautiful, is that our center now, TCH Hut, is a really big old building that that we got and we remodeled it to be a tea center. But Light Meets Life will be architected from the ground up to be a tea center. So we'll be building the buildings to, to suit the purposes that of our tradition, which is a whole, you know, it's it's much better obviously. And we're building this for posterity. We're building it also so that, you know, those who want to practice tea 100 years from now after we're gone, we'll still have a place to go and learn tea for free. So, And so if you wanna support that, the, the, the way that we're gonna build Light Meets Life essentially is through Global Tea Hut. So right now, the map that we have so far is when Global Tea Hut subscription gets to 2,000, we buy land, when it gets to three, 4,000, we start building, and when it gets to 10,000, we have the world's greatest tea center. So as Global Tea Hut subscription grows and grows and grows, we build this center. And that was, that's what makes Global Tea that's such a powerful form of media is that it is modeled on this kind of nonprofit. So you get this magazine that has no advertisement, comes with tea, and then you yourself can learn about tea and about tea practice. And then all the proceeds go to build uh, and maintain centers that you yourself can go visit and learn more deeply.
0: Well, so the it, whole- it, to me, it's a no brainer because the, the publication, the magazine is it's insanely beautiful. I mean, we're yeah. talking about super high end, super high call, uh, quality. Uh, the one on this month has some fabulous recipes. And I mean, it's just, and then you, you on top, you get the tea and you get a small gift. So I'm, I'm like, whoa, that's just so crazy good. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, it's wonderful.
0: Really. It's added a lot to my life. Uh, so I just want to tell you thank you. I want to say thank you to you and to everyone. A Global tea hot for all the effort um, that your, you know, your community or your t- everyone there is doing because y'all are doing a, a really amazing job. And it's just very inspiring to see that happening on, on our planet.
1: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's a beautiful project. Yeah.
0: It's a and really so beautiful project. If anyone wants to get a hold of you, um, do, do you all have Instagram or do you? How do, does it happen?
1: So Global Tea hot certainly has Facebook, Instagram has all that stuff. Um, okay. so you can connect to us through uh, through the Global Tea hot
0: Yeah, and web- I can ins- include that on my show
1: notes. Yeah, the Global Tea Hut website, the Facebook, the Instagram, all that's there. Um, me personally, I don't have any of that. I don't even have a cell phone, so uh, <laughs> I've never owned a cell phone in my life.
0: Yeah. Um, well, good.
1: That's a, that's a part of the monk thing. Yes. So, if you really have a message for me personally, and you and you uh, email Global Tea hot so you go to the Global, T- if you go to the Global Tea hot website. From there, you can get to Instagram or Facebook, or there's also a contact button, and you can send an email. And if you if you said like this this message is for Wuda, um, eventually they will pass it on to me.
0: Yeah, they, and, they will and- because they pass your message, uh, they pass my message on to you. So I really appreciate that.
1: Yeah, yeah, it'll 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 get to me, and I will respond. I might be slower than you're used to in this modern age, but I will respond.
0: Okay, Wuda, uh, I want to read something for you. Okay, you ready? Yes. As the leaves of this tree are, I too am of the water, the sky, sun, stars. I share this essence with all the 10,000 things, and in so doing, empty myself and my cup. As tea, I am now free to transcend the moment, finding heaven in a leaf. I ride the cinnabar mist, beyond the temple stairs and blue peaks to soar beneath the unveiled moon, glancing downwards but once, when the temple bells chime. <laughs> uh, nice. So this is a passage um, from Ura's beautiful book, The Way uh, of the Tea, Refle- Reflections on a Life with Tea, by Aaron, yes. you'll see the name, on uh, Aaron Fisher, just so yes. they can know.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's my birthday.
0: First name and yeah. uh, available on, I mean, I got mine on Amazon, but wherever else would I want you to get it?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, on Amazon. And actually there's a more recent book that I would recommend as a first book. Okay. It's okay that, that that was your first book. It's a beautiful book. I like it. Um, but there's a more recent book called Tea Medicine. And why I would maybe start with that one. Well, it depends. That The, the Way of Tea, which you were just quoting, has is a little bit more like uh, holistic. It has like history. It has a little bit of it, you know. It introduces everything tea. But tea medicine is a really great book for those interested in like starting a practice because every chapter also has a little bit of homework. So there's actually like a little there's a there's some teaching and then there's a little bit of practical things that you can actually do. So every,
0: So I will get that yeah. for myself right even like tonight because that, yeah, that awesome. sounds really cool. That yeah. you can do like a there's a to do part with it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's why I think it's a great so, like since you mentioned like- that
0: tea tea as medicine.
1: Mm. Yes. Yes.
0: Yes. It, this is medicinal tea. Yeah, Absolutely. Which is so fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I will let You're you uh, know we, you, you've been so generous and kind with your time. We have gone a little over, but I'm sure um, everyone who will listen to this, it's just such an, a blessing to have you share uh, all of this, all of this love and passion mm-hmm. with us and the world. And, you know, know that you are affecting many lives. And we are very lucky to have, uh, like you said, this medium of a podcast that can get to, People, this podcast has been so blessed, Life on Earth. Um, we get people also hearing it from all over the planet, which is Wonderful. so cool, you know, that we are yeah. all connecting this way. That's great. Yeah.
1: yeah, and healing. And healing, I was telling, yeah. I was telling my students, right, we have to think of Global Tea Hut and Tea Sage and all that we're doing, our whole project. We have to remember that our project is just one department in the huge office building, that is the corporation of Heal This Earth and All Human Beings.
0: Exactly. And I, and yeah. I, and I really appreciate that. Yeah. We really need to. I love the planet, which is why uh, my podcast is called Life on Earth. I think we are yeah. so diverse. I myself am half Brazilian, half French. I've lived everywhere as well. I mean, we're all so diverse. And
1: Absolutely. we all have
0: this one commonality. I think uh, the way things are nowadays, you know, I, I know that we all want peace. We all want love. We all want truth. And it's Absolutely. one reason that I, you know, I'm so in love with this practice of tea. And having having this have been offered into my life in this way has added so much to every day of my life. And your teachings right. and everyone there. So it really is fantastic, you
1: know. Yeah, it's it's uh, one of the greatest Powers of tea is that it's so universal
0: and know that I, I am a part of your community as well
1: uh, well that's so wonderful to have and you What an even, honor.
0: even though I'm like here in New Orleans I'm not in Taiwan but I'm, I'm with you all in tea every day <laughs>
1: absolutely well that's wonderful it's what an honor to have you and you're, you know, I can't wait till we get to hug and have tea in person I, know, and- I
0: can't wait to have tea with you in person also so Thank you so much. Namaste. Would I have a wonderful night and just, you know, have a beautiful week and all that. Thank you so much. Most
1: welcome. Bye bye.
0: Bye bye. And uh, there you go, you guys. I hope you had a fantastic time with this episode as much as I loved it. I hope you loved it. Uh, My wish for you is that you join the community of Global Tea Hut with as little as, I believe it's $20 per month, and you can sign up online, globalteahot.org. You will get this medicinal, incredibly high vibrational plant, tea, delivered to your home, and you will join this global community, and you will share the love of tea, and as would it and suggested to us, three three bowls try that and together you will join me as well and you'll sit and tea and let me know let us know how it goes if you do it and see how that will play into your life if you've enjoyed this episode and many of the past episodes, Please subscribe to the show, share this episode with one of your friends, share it to someone you love who you feel that could be beneficial and enhance their lives, and um, give us a review on iTunes. That would be just fabulous and fantastic. We do have a Facebook group page, Life on Earth Podcast. You may request to join where we share many inspirational articles and the community has a conversation there and it's been uh, beautiful to watch it grow and beautiful to watch the connections also please consider donating to the show so that we can produce many more episodes such as this one and this way the show can continue to grow we have a button on patreon I will include this as well on the show notes, as well as Wuda's book and um, the Global Tea Hut community and Global and the the Sage Tea Hut Sage. Thank you so much. Um, have a wonderful, wonderful day. And you are just fantastic. You are the best. Know that I believe in you, and because of you, the world is a better place. Ciao, ciao. Bye, bye. Thanks for listening to Life on Earth. You can help us by taking a few minutes to leave a rating and review on iTunes. For more inspiring content, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Search Life
1: on Earth in iTunes or visit lifeonearth.podbean.com.